our listeners. His name is Aaron. And his name is Tommy. And welcome to episode 10 of the Superpod Saga. The podcast where Aaron and I are on a quest to talk about every single video game topic. And uh, and guess what? I have a new microphone. Uh, our guest from the last episode, Grant, came and visited, and I have a new microphone. So hopefully you hear less of my clicking and keyboarding and tur- turning and stuff like that. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's exciting. If, if the sound volume is off, it's because I literally just got this and I'm new to it. But that's neither here nor there. We have a, a podcast to do, and let's. Should we start with our Twitter responses of the week? Okay. So, in anticipation in anticipation of this episode, which is going to be about card games, uh, Aaron asked on the Twitter, "If your life was a card game, what would be your ace card? Like the card that absolutely tramples your opponent." And and uh, you can you can read the first one, Aaron. The first response. Yeah, so the first one was from uh, from at Doen two three zero zero, and I apologize if I uh, if I pronounced that wrong, but yeah, he said, "Let's slip the kitty of war." Nice. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, Kitties are good though. At at Bit Selector said, "Our chief weapon is surprise, surprise and fear," which is from a, a is that a Monty Python sketch? Looks like Monty Python. Uh, that or SNL. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it probably is like Monty that, Python something like or that. something. At Block Sega said American Express, but um, and then I replied, "Ah, oh, yes, the God Card." Yeah, that was my favorite response. That's a that's a good one. Um, but yeah, uh, feel free to follow our Twitter, Superpod Saga. Look out for those questions we ask because we ask a ton. And if you make a good answer, we'll we'll speak about it on the podcast, and you'll be famous. And everyone you will. wants to be yep, famous. one of these days. Yes. Uh, as I mentioned a bit earlier, today's topic is card games, video game card games, because that's something that Aaron and I are pretty obsessed with, I would say. We have a, a long, extensive history of playing card games. And I'm not sure, I was trying to think how to do this, because you could, you could talk about card games one of two ways. You could talk to you the audience is if you don't know anything about card games and we have to explain everything or we explain it in in our our nerd lingo where aaron and i understand how things work i haven't really decided what we're gonna do i guess we'll just find out but i i I assume we'll do like some basic explanation stuff but but yeah feel free to if if it's too much there's a ton of mechanics and lingo in card games so if that's not your deal i understand for not checking it out but if you are into card games, this is the episode for you. We're going to nerd the heck out. Also, since it's a card game episode, I'm going to throw in a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh uh, quotes. Oh, so yeah. uh, so get your game on. Yeah. I That's don't know. GX. I don't know anything about Yu-Gi-Oh, so that'll be fun. <laughs> All right. So I've got, yeah. this, I've got this split into kind of two sections. I think it would be good to start with – I've got listed for me like my chronology of card games. And so we'll just we can just go back and forth. But I wanted to start with uh, physical card games because I think for us that really started everything for us. Because oh god, yeah, there weren't a lot of video game card games, but the physical card games were there. And and at least for me, they definitely influenced my video game card choices. So to start, the first physical card game 
that I had experience with was the Pokemon card game. Oh, I'm sure most people did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was probably the biggest at the beginning. I mean, I wasn't aware of Magic the Gathering growing up, so that might have been bigger. But at least as a kid, it was the Pokemon card game. Uh, did you did you play a lot of the Pokemon card game? Did you have decks of Pokemon cards? Uh, I collected. I was one of those people that collected the hell out of the game, but never played it because it didn't make a ton of sense to me. But <laughs> yes. I, I did play it a, a few times. Yeah, same. I I like. Obviously, the being in love with the Pokemon video games and wanting to like the the show, I wanted to get into the card games. But yeah, like you said, none of it made sense. It, I was obsessed with the video games, and then switching to the card game and trying to learn it was impossible. It was really oh, yeah. slow, really boring, and like your Pokemon evolve in the middle of a match, and you have to attach energy to them to use their attacks. I, I wasn't a fan. I didn't even collect the cards because. It was harder to get them in rural Iowa, and it was an expense that wasn't wasn't really worth it to me. The only place I knew of that you could buy Pokemon cards in, in rural Iowa was really just gas stations. Like, Casey's always had them. And um, what was that one grocery store in Haywarden? Amida? Uh, yeah, something like that. They yeah, changed they, it to they... Fiesta or something. Yeah, they they sometimes had them. Yeah, but so yeah, uh, that was not the good a good introduction to card games for me. But what I'm assuming was a good introduction to card games for you was Yu-Gi-Oh. Absolutely, yeah. Of, of course, I started off with the show, and then uh, yeah, the cards. I got them my first pack, I think, from Casey's, and uh, which for those of you that don't know, in the Midwest, the Casey or in the Midwest, Casey's is a branch of gas stations, but they also have really good pizza. Oh, the best pizza. Um, Oh god, that breakfast, that bacon breakfast pizza! Holy shit! Even just the bean not, pizza in the afternoon. I know we're not talking about pizza though. We're talking about card games. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so I got my very first pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards at a gas station, um, and then from there it kind of like snowballed because I started buying like the starter decks, and and I would just buy more and more packs, and then then they came out with those like big tins of cards, and I'd buy those, and oh my god, yeah. So what what was it about the Yu-Gi-Oh game that you liked? Because I have a card game that broke my brain open. What was it about Yu-Gi-Oh that cracked into your brain? I think it was that you could really, you could build a deck out of pretty much anything. Like your imagination really is the limit. Mm -hmm. Like in the early days of Yu-Gi-Oh, they didn't have uh, what are called archetypes now. Because like nowadays, um, there's different archetypes, which are monsters that follow. Because like there, there's ones like, there's like the Gishkis, there's like the... Uh, the weather painters, stuff like that, like like groups of cards with their support cards and monsters and stuff like that. But um, back in the day, it was just stuff thrown together. Like you can make a, a deck based on dragon types or what's called burn damage, which are cards that just inflict damage pretty much. Um, or like a, what's called a mill deck where you like run out your opponent's deck and then all that stuff. But yeah, you, really your imagination was the limit and you could just do anything as opposed to where pokemon is just like i have fire pokemon <laughs> yeah. something like that oh, and not to go back to pokemon but just even yeah. the the typings of the cards didn't make sense sometimes because poison and psychic was the same typing and fighting and ground was the same typing it was so yeah fighting so ground weird. and yeah oh not cool um i didn't play Yu-Gi-Oh as a kid i've never played Yu-Gi-Oh. it's confusing 
especially as a as a child, a high schooler or whatever. There's a lot of mechanics, and it was, it's it's hard to get into physical card games. I don't know how to do that even because, I mean, before then, like back when we were younger, there was the internet, but it wasn't the internet of today. Yeah. I couldn't just like Google how to do stuff. You literally had to have the big sheet that explained how to do everything. Um, yeah, and it, and most card games nowadays too, like even like like Magic, Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, they're all even more confusing now. It's especially yeah, Yu Gi Oh. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Magic is too, but yeah, they've only gotten wilder as as the years went by. Speaking of Magic, that is the game that broke my brain open the the physical card game. I had a a girlfriend who introduced me to it in college, and boy, that just Ooh. changed my life. Because it, it was the same for me, was having limitless deck possibilities and just being able to, like, I I experimented with all the different cards because she had a bunch. And I was like, I like these green cards and I like these white cards. Why don't I make a deck out of green and white cards? And I was like, I like the big monsters and I like the angels, so I'm going to do that. And I did it. Nice. You can, whatever you want. And there's endless mechanics and ways to do things, like... It's it's hard to explain, but that game made me go from card games are stupid and I don't understand them to being like, oh, there's a ton of really cool stuff here. It's like almost solving a puzzle while your opponent is trying to solve a puzzle at the same time yeah. and trying to defeat them. It was really cool. What what have you done with Magic? Uh, for the longest time, I had I had only a blue deck that centered on um, on like countering stuff, like whether it be like I had I had what four copies of Unsummon counter spell this one sweet ass spell called boomerang oh and avanize oh my god yeah it, it was just it was focused entirely on countering the opponent nice and then the monsters i had were like mostly like sphinxes and uh um and drakes and stuff like that but uh, eventually i made like this sweet black deck that focused on rats and making your opponent discard from their hand and yeah that, that game was was real wild as far as like using your imagination goes Oh, it's crazy. And and I'm just thinking about it now. I feel like my brain was still at that uh, Pokemon phase where I was like, big stuff do good. So my deck was like, I make big monsters and I heal myself. When really you could have like all these absolutely insane mechanics and combos and everything. Um, I think what I want to do is actually explain the basic mechanics of Magic the Gathering. Because at least for me all the video game card games that I played are heavily based on and inspired by magic. Yeah. So, so magic, the gathering, you have a deck of cards and you have what are called land cards and you have spells, which are either creatures that do attacks and stuff for you or actual spells. And so on your turn, you can play a land down and that's the source of what is called your mana, which you, you spend mana to cast spells. So you just throw land cards down and then you, you use them to cast spells to bring creatures out there, and you attack your opponent until they're dead. That's the very basic gist of it. Did I miss anything? Um, I for, Did you say you could block? Like, you could block attacks of your monsters? No, yeah. There's there's The one thing I will say that I don't like about magic is it is very mechanical in, like, its turn structure. Like, there are five or six or seven phases per turn and you have to go through each one and like there's the attack phase and the block phase and the upkeep phase and the ending phase and battle phase it's 
it goes on and on. I think uh, Yu-Gi-Oh has that too, but it's like fewer. And there's no lands or mana in Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Right, yeah. So magic, uh, just remember all that stuff I just said about the future. Um, okay. One one thing, before we get into like the main actual card games, I wanted to ask you about card games that are in other video games because I know that you're a big fan of those, so I wanted to give you the floor to talk about those. I'm thinking of, like, Final Fantasy IX, Knights of the Old Republic had one. Oh, hell yeah. There uh, there was a couple of those, actually, that were on my list. Um, oh, perfect. Yeah, you know my favorite game ever, Final Fantasy IX, and had a pretty sweet card game called <laughs> Tetramaster. And um, what was it? It was it was totally, a total, uh, oh my God, what's the? Nonsense. Oh, I think that's the word you're yeah. looking for. <laughs> yeah, we'll edit that part out where I stuttered like like really no, I'm hard. I'm saying the but, um, game is nonsense. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it really is. But once you start to learn it, it, it makes a little more sense, but still kind of nonsensical. So essentially, what is it? It's like a three by three grid, um, and you take turns playing um, cards down, and each card has arrows in the corners and the sides and whatnot, and um, and basically the the whole point of the game is to I guess to overpopulate the board with your, or no, I guess to have captured the most cards on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so say you play a card down and your opponent plays a card down next to your card that has an arrow pointing to your card. They'll then like battle. And then there's little numbers on the cards that, that dictate what their like physical or magical power is. And, and say your opponent beats your card, then they, you know, your card is theirs. And then, uh, yeah, you just, take turns doing that and then uh whoever has the most cards at the end captured wins and then what's uh super cool is the cards are all based on um like monsters and airships and even like the summons from final fantasy 9 and stuff and it's uh it's just a really really cool way to pass the time if you're just tired of if there's a boss you're stuck on or if there's just you're just tired of following the story you just play some some cards and whoop some ass and take over the Tetramaster world. That's that's really interesting that you said that you could do it for like a break from the action stuff because yeah. when I wrote this down, card games and other games, I hate them. I hate them so much. In Final Fantasy IX, it was it was nonsense. Like it's I it's it's definitely good for you because you know the rules and everything, but the game does not explain them very well. And there's words and numbers and arrows and when you say that like you capture your opponent's card or they capture yours that's not just in that game battle that's like after the game you lose your cards if you lose the match and well they only really, you only did take one card though oh it's so only it's one okay well still yeah. that's as someone who didn't understand what was happening and there's a point in the game where you have to enter and win a tournament of that card game i was stuck for quite a while um, cuz it was confusing to me but also, uh, one reason I don't like it is uh, there was one in Knights of the Old Republic as well in, like, the first area. And I was like, why would I want it's, to – it's kind of like I get too into the story, and I'm like, I'm trying to save the world here. I'm not going to take time <laughs> <laughs> to collect cards and, and do these card battles. Like, in, uh, in Knights of the Old Republic, it's in, like, a bar, and there's, like, a – you have to go and find this person or whatever. And, and he's like, Hey, you want to play some cards? And you can just take like an hours long detour to 
to be a card player when you're supposed to be trying to find this Jedi. It just, but, but you saying like, oh, it's a distraction from other things. You could take the time off. I was like, oh, okay. I wish I had more time as an adult to be able to do that. <laughs> and honestly, the only, re the only way I knew how to play the game as well as I did, because you're right, it doesn't, it does a pretty piss poor job of explaining it to you, but um, there was a, a strategy guide, a Prima strategy guide that I had um, maybe like a month after I bought the game, I had the strategy guide for it and it explained everything in pretty rich detail. And um, It's, it's kind of wild that you needed a strategy guide in order to figure out how that shit works, honestly, but hey, that, that was that was the late 90s, early 2000s, though. Strategy guides. Oh my gosh, those don't exist anymore. I miss them, kind I love of. Strategy guides. I I would read strategy guides just for fun because I wasn't good enough at some of the games. Um, we had one for the Lost World Jurassic Park on PlayStation, and I would read through that because that's a notoriously yeah. difficult game. And really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's super duper difficult. So I would just read through it so that I knew what was happening and and i don't know it, it almost read like a movie like a story i don't know i man i missed strategy guides remember i had one for um i think it was final fantasy 12 and i would just read on what the different like the summons were super weird in that game i would read up read up on what the summons did and how cool they looked and i'd be like wow that's so awesome because that good game was too difficult for me when i was like what 13 when that game came out i don't know yeah something like that man um, were there other card games in other games that you played and enjoyed? Oh, yeah. And then uh, the other one was, um, it's called Bind and Divide, and that's in Bravely Default 2. Oh. Um, yeah, that, that one was pretty sweet. So, it, And then it's also entirely a side thing. It has nothing to do with like the story of the main quest, but it's it's actually entirely missable, too. Like, you you could yeah. miss having the, the card game in there because um, there's a point where... Um, you're in this casino or whatever, and I forget what the that the desert place is called that you go to, but um, you have to do this one side quest and unlock this like this uh, optional job called the gambler, and uh, yeah, once you do get it, it, it's actually pretty fun. It, it's almost like um, like Tetra Master from Final Fantasy IX, except um, the the goal is to capture the most spaces. Hmm. So what you'll do is you'll um, I guess, uh, so each card has, well, the whole thing takes place on like a five by five grid and each card has, it takes up like a certain number of spaces in a certain pattern. So like it could be maybe like three, like, like three squares in like a vertical line in the middle or, or something like that. But, um, when you place that card, it'll take up those spaces. Um, and then your opponent can place, also place a card basically to take those spaces if they need to. Blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, yeah, you just want to take up the most spaces to, to win, and uh, it's, it was pretty fun. Pretty, it's usually usually super quick too, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of card games are quick. That's that's something that they can go on for a while. It's it's weird. Why why are there card games in other games? Like when they were doing development for Final Fantasy IX, obviously they've got this giant overarching story with all these weapons and attacks and and bosses and everything and they're like frank how's the card game coming along <laughs> we gotta have that card game in final <laughs> fantasy 9 they're, they're screaming at him in japanese and he's just like he's like what <laughs> what 
I don't. Oh, I've got a grid. I like because you have to balance it and everything too. You have to like make up the rules and everything. You, you're making a card game from scratch, and for what? Especially in like Bravely Default Two, where you can totally miss it. So, no, like my my only my only excuse for that would be maybe like games back in the day maybe didn't take as much time to make, and mm, so they wanted to true. add it out with content. But Bravely Default Two is totally not like that. There's there's a lot of a lot of shit to that game. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm stumped for that. It's just wild yeah, that they put in the extra like they put in the extra effort to be like, hey, here's a completely balanced card game. Now fuck it up. <laughs> weird, weird. But um, yeah, like I've said, I've never liked those. There's there's Gwent in The Witcher, and I ignored it. The guy was like, do you Me want too. do you want some Gwent cards? And I was like, no, I'm trying to go kill a monster. Get out of my face. <laughs> There's werewolves, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Get out of the way. Villagers are dying. You're like, let's play cards. Do you remember, did you ever see the Spongebob episode where they had a card card stuff? It was one of the newer ones, so oh, it wasn't did? as good. I'm going to look it up. I did not see that, though. It was, uh, I don't remember if they played it or if it was just card collecting, but I, I just have stuck in my head, Mermaid Man, there was a sign that would just say, buy more cards. Makes me Fourth laugh. Mermaid Man would. I love that motherfucker so much. Oh. Evil. <laughs> SpongeBob. What, what other shows at card games? Um, card Captors. <laughs> oh my gosh. Your second Card Captors reference on the podcast. Don't worry, we'll, we'll make more. <laughs> I should. Yeah, I should watch one episode or find the one episode that's been stuck in my brain since I was a child. All I remember from that show is that, like, that, that cat bear thing with wings, cat? and there were cards. Yeah, um, there were cards that were like clear, and no, then nothing. She she was all pink. I don't know. Card <laughs> captor, check it out. Highly recommend it. <laughs> um, what about do you do you remember the Digimon card game? Barely. I loved the cards because they looked really, really cool, and they I loved really Digimon. They were really cards, yeah. I love Digimon, too. I had one card. Just I, one? You couldn't, you couldn't buy those anywhere in the Midwest, Iowa. No way. I forget how I even had them. Maybe they were... Yeah, I have no Christmas. idea. No, maybe they're from, like, Walmart. We'd sometimes take these long trips to Sioux Center or Lamar's to go to Walmart, but for, I never did... The, the old Digimon card game was so fucking confusing that they had to remake it into this new one nowadays but um yeah, I, n- never ever made sense yeah i wasn't all i had was that one card that i loved and i didn't even bother trying to learn the rules because i just had one card but um anyways we we should probably talk about actual video game card games now that you know our backstory and what makes our brains go happy from cards um to start I wanted to throw in the granddaddy of all video game card games. Ooh. I I am so excited to talk about it. It's Solitaire. Oh shit. Right? Solitaire is probably the most popular video game card game. It really is. It's yeah, that is a good one. Um it I actually read a bit about it and I forgot to bring it up on my on my uh web browser. But bring this school a little fast. I know I am. I'm typing. Is there a solitaire wiki? Yeah, yeah, there is. Because it's got it's cool. It. Uh, let's see. <laughs> of course there is. No, not the actual game. The Windows one. 
Microsoft Solitaire. Yeah. Classic Microsoft making things. Um, so, yeah, it came out in 1990, uh, 32 years ago. It was made by an intern Oof. at Microsoft. And it was made because back then computers didn't have graphics or, like, mice, you know? Before then, they were all typey. So they included oh, Solitaire into M Windows 3.0 so people could get used to dragging and dropping, double-clicking. That's that's why it was included in there. So that Oh, that's cool. Yeah, right? That's really smart. Making a game to get people to learn how to use things. They, they totally should have should have started paying that intern after that. And they probably... The, the amount of people that I see playing Solitaire on a Windows PC... Back in like the Windows XP days, like good good lord, they, they, somebody needs to have gotten paid for that. That was like the first thing you do when you go to, or at least it was for us when you go to school and get one of the computers or laptops. You got to see if it's got Solitaire on it. Microsoft estimated that Solitaire has 35 million active monthly players and more than 100 million games played a day, which Holy shit I would totally believe because. You can. It's on every computer ever, and it's on phones and everything. It's. I, I don't know. I feel like there might not be card games without Solitaire. Solitaire did it first, did it best, and thanks, Solitaire. Are you, are you talking about card games in terms of like, video games or like? Yeah, because they. Okay. I mean, I know it's really simple, but just having the drag and dropping, double clicking, like they basically made the blueprint right away for anyone. They to, really did to follow. Um, yeah. But... Oh, when you play solitaire, do you do it where it draws three cards or where it draws one? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure. Well, I'll have to. There's an entry on my list where I talk about kind of like that. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna burp it out here. It's, it's pocket card jockey. Mm -hmm. I've talked about that in episode four, hidden gems. Um, but that one, you draw one card and then. It kind of, kind of just keeps going from there. Yes. I'm a one-card man. Three cards is too difficult. Too it is. difficult. I feel, uh, like that's, I feel like that's kind of like... I feel like that's kind of cheating it a little bit because you, you, you kind of always... You have, you have those extra cards. You kind of always have a move. Uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I've, I've tried three-card draw, and it's just... I've never been able... I just like the one because then you can just cycle through... Until you get what you want, where three you have to like plan ahead because it lays them on top. Oh, annoying! I had a oh, a girlfriend, a different girlfriend in college, and we would, when we would chat on Skype, we would play solitaire oh. and like try and compare scores because it kept a high score. And I swear, hers had like a different scoring system than mine because her scores were like always infinitely higher. And she was like, "I'm just better and faster than you," and I'm like, "That's impossible! I'm a video game man." <laughs> <laughs> I'm girl. the card game man. <laughs> oh, <it's> solitaire! <laughs> I love. I could play solitaire anytime. Uh, yeah, that's that's the that's why I love pocket card jockey so much. Because I mean, everybody knows how to play solitaire, and that's why it's so easy to just pick up and be like, "Oh, I put the fucking ace on either the king or the two, or I put like the five on the four and the six. Ooh, solitaire." So what's 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 around the card game for pocket jockey? Uh, what what do you mean? Sorry. Like, what's the game itself? It's it's not just the. Oh, game. duh. We'll we'll cut that part out. I, I didn't. Oh no worries. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, so other, when you're not playing solitaire, basically you just breed your horse or um, 
like during during races you'll pick up little power up cards like it'll give you like a turbo boost in the end stretch of the race or it'll give you like a carrot which will uh re-energize your horse and, and a few other things and then after races your horse will level up and get more it's like you it, it it's like a higher top speed and something else i forget what the other stat is stamina speed and stamina um and then when it reaches a certain age like after a race is so many races you'll put on the farm to breed with other horses in a pokemon like fashion where you can make like the ultimate horse um and then you can unlock different uh um well you can buy different power-ups before a race that do certain things like cockles that make it so forget because i never buy them because it's a waste of money <laughs> um no yeah it's, it's seven bucks if you own a 3ds you need to buy it because they're that, shutting that... down the shop pretty soon yeah march 2023 it, it's seven dollars you might and it's solitaire just buy it that's cheaper <laughs> than a meal at mcdonald's currently no, yeah, why why eat a Big Mac when you could play Horse why, Solitaire? Why eat food when you could play Horse Solitaire. <laughs> um, I think that's I have a game later on that's a genre, but it's based around a card game. I always think that's interesting that they can do that because I don't know. I feel like you could almost make anything into a, mix it with card games, and that's that's fun. Um, the first. One I wanted to mention, though, for, like, big card games to me was Hearthstone or Hearthstone. I'm not sure how you you guys pronounce it. That was after college for me. And it's – that was – when I discovered that, I was like, oh, this is, like, magic but better. And (laughs) I became obsessed with it for quite a few months. Um, The the biggest difference – so Hearthstone is made by Blizzard. It's World of Warcraft-based. So it has a bunch of characters and things that I know nothing about because <laughs> I've never <laughs> I've never played World of Warcraft. But um, a couple of key differences between Magic is instead of having to play land cards for mana, you just have mana based on whatever turn it is. So turn one, you have five mana. Turn four, you have four mana, etc. up to ten. And after ten, it just sticks at ten. So that's nice. You don't have to hope that you get a because that's one thing that could happen with magic is you could have a hand that just doesn't have any lands and you're like cool now i can't cast any spells or you have too much and then you don't have anything else so that's not really an issue um instead of having attacking and blocking the attacker just decides who they attack they can either attack a defender or they can attack a person there's no attacking and blocking phases and you would have a hero or champion or class or whatever and they had an ability Mm -hmm. you could use at any point on your turn I liked a lot of those things. Did you did you play Hearthstone? I did. I played quite a bit of it. I remember I really liked I think yeah, I liked the Ranger. Yep. And the Druid. The Druid was for sure my favorite. That motherfucker just I was trouncing fools on that game and then I stopped playing for whatever reason. The Warlock had the ability of de- deal one damage to yourself to draw a card and that was like that that, that was, was crazy cool. to me. I was like, "What? Why would you do that?" But I'm sure it worked for the decks. Um I stopped playing because the game was way too expensive and there was an obscene amount of RNG, which for those who don't know, that stands for random number generator, surprisingly. But it's basically like um, if if you play a card that says will attack an enemy at random, it uses a random number generator is what the, the coding mechanic is called that decides who it attacks. So it's basically like saying this is a random thing that will happen that isn't isn't in your control. And 
I found a lot of cards and decks were based around that. And eventually it got to the point where I was playing people and it didn't feel like I was using skill to win. It was basically just gambling. I remember there was a game where I was like, I'm going to play this card and depending on what it chooses, I'm going to win or lose. It's not up to me. It's going to be completely up to chance. Ugh. That's that's why I love... Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's why I love Yu-Gi-Oh! so much because you can... And, and this is this isn't really a segue into my next one because I had Master Duel down because I love Yu-Gi-Oh way too much, but yeah, like in Yu-Gi-Oh, you actually build your deck to help you search out certain cards so it's not so random. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, it still kind of is, but you still have a little bit of control over it. Um, yeah, that and uh, how expensive it was. That that was at a time where it was like, hey, if you want to do this tournament just give us three dollars and you can you can do this and win stuff or or like they weren't very generous in giving out cards it, it always felt like i never had the deck that i actually wanted and i would face people who had pre-built decks and that's not fun oh either. god yeah wasn't it like i remember you you earned a free pack after you finished the uh was it like the story or campaign or whatever for each class and then after that, it was just very, very rare they gave you Rip a free pack yeah. ever. Yeah, not fun. Um, what's what's the next game you have? Uh, yeah, I had I had Yu-Gi-Oh Master Duel. <laughs> Ooh, what's that? What's how old? What system is that on? Because there's a billion Yu-Gi-Oh video games. Oh, the well, yeah, the most recent one is Master Duel. It's okay. the one that's on like Steam and phones and everything now. But yeah, Master Duel. It's uh, it has like. It's it's still constantly being updated with new with like newer and newer cards, which is cool. But uh, um, yeah, I, I being me, I I love still super duper complicated, and it's only gotten more complicated as time goes on because they keep introducing new mechanics and what's called the meta is always changing. With the meta being like, I guess what the pros play. Yeah. So like, um, an example being like like the current meta is that traps or trap cards are too slow um having to place a card face down and wait a turn before you can play it it's too slow for people so now they do what's called hand traps which are traps you can play from your hand and um and those are just they, they, the game is just it's so quick now and you gotta really like build your deck around those hand traps just in case because there's some real nasty bastards like there's one called uh, what is it, Nibiru, the primal being? And it's literally just this fucking meteor that you can play when uh, if one one of the one of the like, I guess I should say a lot of the higher tier decks that people play in ranked, they'll summon just shit tons of monsters in one turn. Um, so that meteor guy counteracts that. You know, if your opponent plays five or more monsters this turn, you basically tribute all their monsters, whatever the fuck they have. You summon the meteor to your field. They get like a meteor token on their side of the field, and uh, it's it's just it's wild. <laughs> there's I, a lot of there's a go ahead. I I played that game. I downloaded it on my phone. I tried it, and it is tough to get into. <laughs> like it really you, is. Like you said, everything is complex, and it feels like every card just has a paragraph of text. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Does it have where you can like? hold or click on a keyword and it'll tell you what that keyword does i believe i believe because that was the hardest 
Yu-Gi-Oh! is like combos the game. Everything combos with everything else. And so on an opponent's turn, I would just see cards going, disappearing, reappearing. All this crazy stuff happened, and it was so hard to keep track of. Which, um, one of the things I like most about card games is seeing your opponent's deck and how they do stuff and being like, oh, I could do that. I could do yeah. that better, too. And it was really tough to do on the Yu-Gi-Oh! phone game because everything happens so fast and there's paragraphs of text on cards. Yeah, and there's there's way too many cards that have those paragraphs of text. Like, um, what the one of like the I'm not sure if it's still meta and high tier, but the Drytrons, they're like these robots from space or whatever. Um, those motherfuckers, like the like each card has just so much text on it, but, um. Yeah, what what I really like about that game is that there's always a counter for everything. So mm. like, um, if your opponent has some monster that uh, you know can't be destroyed in battle and it cannot be targeted by card effects, like there's always something you could do. Like, like it's it's basically down to linguistics. Like they said, it cannot be targeted, so use a card that doesn't target. Use a card that hits everything. It's gone. Oh, clever. Um, or I. Uh, me being me, I don't like to to use the more popular archetypes either. Yeah, I try to find same. ones that are like, yeah, ones that are like really underrated, underutilized, like the fossil fusion deck. Holy shit, that thing's wild. Uh, um, quick question: When that yes. game came out, it became like super popular. Like I'm, I believe it was the best selling Yu Gi Oh card game. But why? Do you know why it just like blew up? What was it about this one that was different than the others? I think it's just because it was free. <laughs> oh, were the other like, ones not free? Yeah, but before this, the only other, well, I guess there was dual links on the uh, on smartphones, but it was it was entirely different. It wasn't like actual Yu-Gi-Oh. It was like you're replaying, oh. like you were playing um, duels from the show or whatever. But um, yeah, before that, there were other Yu-Gi-Oh games on like Switch and Xbox and stuff, but they were like forty bucks a pop or oh, something. My goodness. But, yeah. Um, so this this one being free was a huge deal, and also, it's it's not at all pay to win because the game just keeps giving you gems for all sorts of shit. It'll be like you will log in and you'll get a message being like, "Hey, you know, fucking thirteen million people downloaded the game. Here's a thousand gems," and it's like, "Sweet, that's that's a free ten fucking packs for any archetype." Like I could I could build a maybe like a complete blue eyes deck if I wanted to. Yeah, that's a that's a trend in recent games. I'm gonna talk about one later, but actually being generous with cards is is really nice because obviously people are going to keep playing your game if they can get more cards that's the thing um you mentioned blue eyes i was going to ask what's the deal with blue eyes white dragon i don't know anything about it is it like the best card the best monster or is it just like that was the one that everyone knew yeah it's just it's just because it's super popular and it's like it's a huge legacy one because um back in the day i guess yeah back in the day when uh like it's like the two strongest monsters, or the two most popular monsters, I should say, were Dark Magician and Blue Eyes White Dragon, mainly just because of the TV show, because you know Yugi, the main the main character, the main protagonist, was he his ace card was a Dark Magician, and then Kaiba, the bad guy, he used Blue Eyes White Dragon, and um, and they've since then made these huge, ginormous archetypes around like Blue Eyes and Dark Magician and whatnot. They're, they're definitely not the strongest, but they're just popular because people know them from the show and they've been around for so long. 
Can I just say, um, when I I didn't watch the show, but like the one time I did watch it, hearing Yugi's voice for the first time sent me spinning. I was so confused because up to that point, I had seen Pokemon where he's like, "Hey, I bash Ketchup. I like Ketchup Pokemon," and, <laughs> and Card Captors and Sailor Moon were like, "Hey, we're going on adventures, doing things," and then Yugi's like, "I play this card and it does thing," and I'm like. Is he like corrupted? Is do he have a demon inside him? Why is that child talking like that? The usual like, like actual Yugi. Yeah, he's like he's like, hey guys, Wait, I'm is he Yugi. Really? So yeah, Yugi himself is just a regular ass like high school kid, um, and he's like, hey guys, I'm Yugi. Don't push me into this locker, guys, <laughs> please. And then uh, what is it? His grandpa found this like what's called the millennium puzzle and he, and yugi solved the puzzle so then uh, he became it's wild he was then possessed by the spirit of the millennium puzzle which was like an ancient pharaoh or something and the pharaoh's like like yeah like you like i play this card exodia i'm gonna blast your ass to bits and then that's yugi oh okay i thought that was his voice the whole time was the deep thing i i love the the anime or video game thing of children doing these ridiculous crazy things like even in the pokemon video games you're just like this 10 year old child that stops this gang literally goes to in gold you go to this underground casino and defeats them oh yeah and you go and uh capture all these legendary pokemon i'm just a child i got it now i have these gods <laughs> yeah for real you go and catch arceus yeah. who is the actual it, it's the he's the actual god of pokemon like it's it's absolutely insane yeah like people are, are all like all hail you know articuno and all them the the legendary saviors or whatever and you're just like well it's in this ball that's I liked. Uh, this is neither. This has nothing to do with card games, but the story of Black and White, where the main bad guy was like, "We shouldn't be capturing Pokemon. They should be able to roam free," is like a very interesting goal and like one that I could see having an effect. Instead of being like, "I'm going to destroy the universe and create a new one." <laughs> yeah, like like uh, what was it? Yeah, Ruby and Sapphire. They were like, "We oh want gosh. to." destroy the earth and restart it because cover it in uh, water exactly yeah covered in water and then or um yeah the the red one was like what we're gonna have these volcanoes erupt and destroy i don't know <laughs> having the the cutscene at the beginning showing uh groudon and kyogre fighting and like kyogre just ha or groudon just having a little piece of land he's on i'm like dude you are very outmatched here <laughs> that's, that's also never made any sense to me no. Groudon would get absolute bike Kyogre. I don't understand why they made him ground. It's so stupid. I know. And uh, or at least don't have them fighting each other or at least give him put put <laughs> Kyogre in the little pool. Don't have him surrounded in the ocean. Poor guy. Holy shit. Um, um I think I think we're we're let's take an ad break. Let's thank our sponsors and our advertisers. I'd like to take this moment to thank Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics of your choice at any given moment and leads them to you in a natural human voice. Newsly was created to allow people suffering from dyslexia, visual impairments, and the general public a new and better way to consume content. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable, all in one place. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing, so stop scrolling and start listening. 
You can follow specific topics you like, like sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or even the Kardashians. And it'll find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. And they have podcasts as well. You can explore trending podcasts from over 80 countries, including Aaron and Tommy's Super Pot Saga. I have started using it as my default podcast app. And they have a digital radio. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me. That's www.newsly.me. Or from the link in the description and use promo code PSAGA. That's promo code PSAGA. I'll put that in the description as well. And you'll receive one month free premium subscription. Thanks again, Newsly. So yeah, the, the sponsor for this week's episode is... Uh, one of my one of my all-time favorites. That's Major Munch cereal. Uh, I remember those Saturday mornings as a kid, waking up early, watching some Saturday morning cartoons, eating your favorite cereal in your PJs, and you know what? Sometimes you'd get a, a prize in your in your breakfast cereal box. Those were pretty cool. You usually get like color-changing spoons, little cars, action figures, and stuff like that. But God forbid you had siblings and you had to share, or maybe your sibling found it first and you didn't get a prize. Man. It's, well, Major Munch has solved that. They've come up with the be-all and all solution. Um, introducing Major Munch. Oops, all prizes. What? That's right. You're getting a box, a cereal box entirely full of, of cereal box prizes. That, that there's like CD-ROMs, you get free video games like in the old days. You're getting little toy cars, those color-changing spoons. Uh, you get like those little action figures that they used to have back in the 90s. All sorts of cool shit. Yeah, the Salty Sailors, that Major Munch Serial Co., they've come up with, yeah, like I said, the, the be-all and all solution. You know, everybody gets a prize. Hell, there, there's an entire... You, you can give them out to your friends if you want to. Why not? Does, does it have a little bag of cereal inside? Like a tiny, tiny little thing? Absolutely not. Oh. The, it, it's all prizes, Tommy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, ma- yeah, magic eight balls, mini yo-yos. And if you're if you're lucky, you'll get a, a fucking cap gun or real gun, maybe. Who knows? Um, yeah, that's right. It's Major Munch. So good that it doesn't count as breakfast. Thanks, uh, Major, Munch. Major Munch. All Major Munch all prizes not contain any cereal. Therefore, it has no nutritional value. It should not be consumed. Major Munch is not responsible for any health issues caused by, con- by contents being consumed. Batteries not included. Ready for everyone. Drink responsibly. Thank you, Major Munch. You, you've given me so many memories that I would I just want to talk about. Do you remember those little tiny boxes of cereal that were like two spoonfuls? And it was like, that didn't fill me up at all. Oh, and you can sometimes get them at uh, like small diners. Like, yeah, uh... yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, those those sucked. Um, oh, I, want, I want Apple Jacks real bad now. I never liked Apple Jacks. Honeycombs. Honeycombs Ooh. are like a sleeper hit for cereal. Dude, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is, is forever yeah. my favorite. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Check Lucky it out. Lucky Charms, really good. Mm. Honey Nut Cheerios are good. Oh, Cocoa Pebbles. Cocoa you Pebbles. Know, I don't like Cocoa Pebbles. What it makes, the it makes fuck, the milk Tommy? taste gross. It, t- it makes it taste like chocolate. What are you talking about? It does you not taste chocolate like milk? chocolate milk. You put chocolate milk <laughs> next to the milk left over from Cocoa whatever, and it's night and day. Not even close. Oh, all right. <laughs> we'll move on to the next yeah, topic yeah let's get let's get off this before we just <laughs> the podcast is over we come to no more air to tommy <laughs> um i just wanted to i feel like after hearthstone hearthstone was a big hit a really really big huge hit. oh god yeah and i feel like after that 
companies tried putting their own twist on it. And I feel like at the same time, I was searching for something that would fill that hole. Because I did like Hearthstone. It's just it, it, it outgrew me and wasn't what I wanted it to be. So I just wanted to mention a couple of games that I experimented with um, and did interesting things. One was Elder Scrolls Legends, the, the Elder oh. Scrolls card game. And it was short-lived. I mean, I, it might still be going. I'm sure you can still download it, but it, it definitely didn't do what they wanted it to do. But the main feature differentiating it was lanes. The, the battle arena was split down the middle by a line, and there was a left lane and a right lane. So cards could either only be played on one side, or they could only attack a certain side, or you could do a spell to switch one from the other side. And you could only oh. you could only attack or block creatures that are in your lane. So if your enemy has a creature in a lane and you don't, you can't block it. And what the hell? Yeah, it's it's a neat idea, but it really didn't serve any greater purpose. It was just kind of like this is how we differentiate ourselves, but it didn't and it added some some mechanics, it added some like intrigue, but it it just really it was just there. It wasn't like a main yeah. thing, like like another game I'll talk about later. Um, I also I also experimented with the actual Gwent version, the standalone Gwent, and that have you ever played Gwent? I played a little bit of it on um, like on on The Witcher Three, and I, I never could make any sense of it. I was it's like weird. all right at it. It's yeah. it's really it's something. It's completely different than any other card game. Um, there's no battling your opponent there's no health or anything it's just it's three rounds and whoever has the most points at the end of each round wins that round and so your cards are just things that give you points or take away points i didn't play a lot of it because it was it was a totally different part of my brain like magic the gathering hardwired my brain to understand card games a certain way and gwent was just like totally different i couldn't carry anything over from that so it was like learning how to ride my bike again. But again, I appreciated that they did interesting things. That's that's what I wanted, but it didn't stick with me. Oh man, I'm, I'm getting all sorts of memories of all the other mobile card games I played. Uh, Such as? Oh man, it was called Lies of Astaroth. Did, did you ever play that? Nope. Oh man, okay. So I really, really forget exactly how you played it, but I remember you played, what was it? You, so you play each each person plays down one card at a time and then they battle and basically oh, i remember nothing about it but it was like i remember getting really into it and like i spent not a lot of money but like a decent amount on it but that was okay my, my next the yeah, actual one that i had down um and it's from a series that i, I love to death and that's steam world quest mm, yes i knew you were yeah. gonna talk about this one yeah so so the whole thing isn't necessarily a card game. Like it's, it's like a like a turn-based like adventure RPG kind of thing. But the combat is is what uses the cards, and essentially each character is there's like six characters I believe, and each character is no five. Each character is completely different. They use their own decks. They have their own cards that they can use, and they have their own different play styles. Like um, the main character Armelie, she's a uh, she, she's like a knight, so she has like high damage output and like pretty rounded out stats. Um, there's like Copernica, who's like a mage and does a lot of like elemental damage and stuff. Um, was it Galeo? He's like your support dude. He, or I guess tank support. He does uh, 
he heals, he'll give you a shield, um, or status ailments and stuff like that. Oric is like a samurai. Um, and he's like another like high damage dealer. His attacks will sometimes hit more than once per turn, and he can like change masks to have different abilities. Like there's one where he regains HP at the end of a turn or something like that. We'll cut out that we'll cut out that <laughs> voice crackle right there. That was wild. <laughs> um, and then there's Terra and Thane. Like they'll they'll they're twins that fight at the same time. Um, but yeah, one twin focuses more on like dealing arcane damage with like. Or I guess arcane like magical damage, whereas the uh, the other one will do like physical damage and steal and inflicts like status ailments and stuff like that. Um, but essentially how it goes is like um, your basic attacks will rack up steam, I guess, and you use certain amounts of steam to use like your special attacks. And uh, what's cool is if you chain together attacks like from the same character, like, like I think it's like three in a row, they'll do like their like they're they're like extra special move which does certain things depending on what weapon you have equipped and uh it's just it's a super fun game if, if you like turn-based rpgs and or card games it's super duper fun and uh you said that everyone has their own deck do you get cards throughout playing or is their deck set throughout nope you get more and more cards as the game goes on nice. you, you can buy them from stores they'll get them from like story events or like you'll find them in like chests or something you can even craft more cards. Um, it's crazy, and, and I think there's like a yeah, there's a max you can have in their deck, so you can't have just like this ridiculous sixty card deck. I think it's, I think it's like twelve cards or something. I I remember when I learned like you don't want to have the maximum amount of cards. Well, that was in the next game I wanted to talk about, so I'll just I'll just bring it up when I get there. Um, it very similar to to uh, Steam World Quest is. Uh, slay the spire yeah i would consider one of the best games ever made <laughs> oh yeah definitely oh god yeah definitely one of the most influential card games ever um uh, it is a deck building roguelike which i believe it's it's almost become a meme at this point where like when you describe a game you're you you describe the genres and you're like and it's a deck building roguelike as well because after slay the spire came out everyone tried to do something like that um, that's very true but a roguelike for those that don't know it's so like in mario levels you start from one one and you get to eight four and you can retry it however you want a roguelike there's a beginning and the end but if you die on the way you have to start over from the very beginning and it's about collecting usually it's about collecting weapons armor spells whatever to make yourself stronger but when you start at the beginning you don't have any of that you start at the very beginning every time and Slay the Spire was a twist because it was a deck builder. It uses cards. We love cards. And Hell yeah. it's just, it's incredible. It's It's got four classes now. It started with three. And each of them is like so super unique. But beyond, like there's the warrior, which focuses on attacking. There's the rogue. There's the, the reject, which is like a robot. That, and they're all like dramatically different. And what i also love is each run you can focus on something different like the rogue you can focus on daggers and creating tons of daggers to do tons of small amounts of damage or you can focus on poison to try and build poison on the enemy to make them lose health that way and you can just kind of switch on the fly based on what cards you stumble across or what power-ups you stumble across it's just a really really well-designed game from beginning to end 
Yeah, that that was one of my favorite parts was that like each each character kind of has like I think it's like two or three different play styles. Mm-hmm. Like one of the coolest was for the uh, what was the first one? You get the Ironclad. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ironclad. There you go. Ironclad. You can do one of my favorite ones to do. I think I messaged you about this one time. It was there's one card that like whenever you take damage, you gain strength, mm-hmm. and then you yeah. could you could combo that with this one card that makes it so that like every turn you take a certain amount of damage, but then you do damage to every enemy on the screen, and then it would combo into like a few other things as well. But um, there were a lot of a lot of really easy ways to like synergize cards together. And if you really like thought about different relic and card combinations, it was God, damn, yeah, it's yeah. The too best good. the best part was just stumbling upon a combo that you didn't know existed. Like there was one card that I saw where it was like do damage equal to your shield your your block or whatever and i was like oh yeah why would i ever do that that's stupid and then i got a relic that was like your shield doesn't go away at the end of your turn so it just continuously builds over time and so i was like oh and then this makes sense and then you can get a power card that makes it so you gain like three block at the start of every turn yeah and uh and you keep comboing that with there was like there was another card that made it made it so that when you attack gain that much block back or something like that and oh my god yeah yeah it was combos that you just discover that you wouldn't expect or um like the uh the what's his name the reject he has orb slots so you can create orbs with your cards and there's an orb called darkness which is like kind of difficult to use right because it doesn't do anything unless you get more orbs but I had a deck that was like creating dark orbs all the time. And I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense now. This is powerful. It just did a really good job of that. And um, I know you haven't quite beaten it with every character, right? No, I think I still need to beat it with um, whatever the new character is called. I forget. The Watcher. I Watcher, think. yeah. I, I, got, I got really, really close with that guy. And I lost because i was stupid the watcher is hard the watcher is like really complex and, and hurts my brain to try and figure out um but what i wanted to say is like how you put like a ton of hours into the game still though right because it's just a ton play. Yep. beyond just the regular mode there's like in an, an insane amount of content more than you would ever expect there's a an optional hard mode that you can do after you beat the game with every character that I love how they manage that. There's an ascension mode for each class where like you start at ascension level one and it makes the game a little bit more difficult. And when you beat it with that character, you unlock ascension level two, which makes it a little more difficult. And there's that goes like up to 20. I never finished nearly all the ascensions, but there's just tons of content and, and it's really well made and has influenced everything. Like Hearthstone has a mode like Slay the Spire. Legends of Runeterra, which I'm going to talk about later, has a mode that's like Slay the Spire. You you see its influences everywhere. And it was made by like two to five people. And it was really? their, their first and only game. They just beyond hit it out of the park on their first try. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I They haven't made anything since, but I'm insanely excited to see whatever the heck it could be because nailed it oh man uh, speaking of uh speaking of nailed it 
Um, the next one I have is uh, it's SNK versus Capcom Card Fighters Clash. Whoa, that's a thing. I've heard SNK versus Capcom, but I thought it was just a fighting game. Yeah, it, this one's totally separate from that. This one, yeah, it's a, it's a card game, and like there's two different versions, kind of like one version is the SNK version, and the other one is the uh, Capcom version. Um, yeah, that was for the uh, the the forever awesome Neo Geo Pocket Color. Oh, and uh, never owned one, but <laughs> well, that I love explains that game why thing. I haven't heard of it. But it is also on on the Switch now for sure. Huh. Um, but yeah, basically, um, basically you can build your deck around, um, I guess you can build it with certain, um, SNK or Capcom characters, and you can kind of build, I guess, like a deck around a certain strategy. But I haven't gotten very far in it to be able to do that. But, um, so what's cool is like each turn you'll take turns. Um, placing one character and you can only have a max of three characters at a time um but obviously when one dies in combat you can place it with another one um and you can do what's called a backup where like only certain characters can be a backup to certain character like an example being ryu from street fighter one of his backups could be chun li and um that backup will give them more more power and will give them like a, another certain ability in battle and uh, what was also really cool about it was that there was like a big story around it too, rather than it being like, Hey, you're just playing cards forever. You basically go to these different, um, these different, what are they called? I forget what, what exactly they're called, but these different Biomes. big buildings. Yeah. Kind of like that. <laughs> you go to these different areas and you beat all these different like masters at the game. And each one uses a different kind of deck. And once you beat them, you basically become like the Pokemon champion of this game, essentially. And um, I don't know, it's really cool because like for for a game on a handheld from '99, the cards are really detailed. It's it's if you ever look them up, they're really really cool. Yeah, that's surprising. I that's that's I don't know if you do the same thing, but just whenever I experience a new card game, just figuring out how it works and how the rules are and the mechanics and everything, I love that. Oh God, yeah, and especially if it's. If it's one where it's like easy to learn but difficult to master, that that's my kind of shit. I hate when it's like when it's too when it's too okay. easy to just get super duper far. Yeah, totally. Um, how many more games did you have? Because I have one left, but it's gonna be a long one. So if you have others, you you can go first. No, that that was it for me. Oh, okay. Perfect. I, have, I guess I have maybe well no, I don't know a whole lot about it. No, we we can just this next one will be a last one. Okay. Um so yeah, my search for the next card game, because Magic made me feel good, Hearthstone made me feel good, and then it was like mix, like little taste of things that weren't quite there. And then I discovered the card game to end all card games for me, Legends of Runeterra. Ooh, oh yeah. Yay. I think it is the best made card game of all the card games. I will go to my grave saying that unless a new one comes out before I die. But yeah, it's, it's uh, whew, it is quite a beast. Like you talked about easy to learn, difficult to master. Runeterra is not easy to learn. Not, Ugh. not at all. It is the most mechanically <laughs> dense card game I've ever played. It is absurd how much is going on. Um, but some of the basics that make it unique and also better in my opinion uh, you remember Hearthstone was like no lands, you get one mana per turn. Uh, yeah. Terra does that, but with a twist. You get one mana per turn, uh, but any unspent mana on a turn 
goes into what's called your spell pool for mana. So like, let's say your first turn you have one mana and you don't use it. On turn two, you'll have two regular mana and that one mana from before goes into your spell mana. So on turn two, you can cast a three cost spell if you want. It's uh, So there's like some strategy around that being like, oh, I've got this big card. If I don't spend any mana this turn, I can do it next turn. And that's that's super cool. That is really cool. Um, Hearthstone, you only played cards on your turn. On your opponent's turn, you could do nothing but watch. In Rune Terra, every turn, everyone's mana gets refilled, and you take turns playing cards. So whoever's on attack will play a card, then the other person plays a card, then you play a card, on and on and on. And that back and forth goes into their spell cards because their spell cards have different speeds. Everyone stick with me here. (laughs) So spell cards either have burst, fast, or slow speed. Burst speed, when you play it, it happens. If you play a fast card, your opponent can counter that with another fast card. They can't can't counter it with a slow card because it's too slow. If you play a slow card, that can be countered by another slow card or a fast card or a burst card. So obviously, the slow cards are the biggest and strongest, but the opponent can counter them pretty easily. Or burst cards don't do as much, but they they go instantly. So you'll have like... It's, it's such a great game for countering a person and, and seeing what they're doing and being like, uh-uh, I'm going to stop that right now. Instead of Hearthstone being like, I must watch as I die and there's nothing I can do. <laughs> I love that. Um, the other big mechanic is champion cards. Oh, Legends of Runeterra is based in the League of Legends universe, which I know nothing about. Absolutely nothing. This is my introduction to League of Legends. And... Um, so the champion cards are like the playable people in League of Legends. And you can have two champions per deck. They're in general stronger than the regular creatures or people. And they have unique requirements to level them up, making them even more powerful. Basically, your champions are like what you need to level up to win the game. Like uh, one of the ones I have is I like is Teemo. He's a little 1-1 one, one creature, so he can't really do anything. But... If he attacks the enemy, he points. He puts poison puff caps, is what they're called, in the enemy deck. And when That's he attacks, cool. he'll put five of them in there every time. When you plant 15 of them, he levels up, and he becomes a level 2 champion or whatever. Then, whenever he attacks, instead of planting five, he doubles them. And he does that every single time he attacks. So it's essentially like if you can get your champion to level up, they do something super cool that wins you the game. And that just builds into that counterplay that I was mentioning earlier. So you'll see the enemy champion. You can see what he needs to do to level up. And you have to be like, okay, what do I have that can counter that? What can I do to stop him from leveling up? And you'll try something and they'll counter it. And you counter it back. I remember one time I had like a string of five spells countering back and forth just to stop a spell from happening. It's, it's insanely difficult to get into (laughs) i'm not going to be like go out there right now you'll love it it takes a lot of time and a lot of learning to understand all the mechanics and they're they're still updating it every few months with new cards and new mechanics they never stop introducing new mechanics and it's a lot it's a lot to get into but when you do understand everything and figure everything out it fits together in a way that just no other game does and it just feels so insanely good to play to 
to run your deck and counter the opponent's deck. So good. I'm going to have to try to give that another shot. I haven't played that in almost a year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get into it every once in a while and become obsessed, and then I, I have to stop because it takes up too much of my time. That's uh, that's me with Master Duel. Like I'll, I'll, I'll play it, whoop ass, and really get into it. And then I'll get my ass whipped in, in ranked. Yeah. The, the high tier meta decks are just too good, just unfair. And then I'll just get mad and stop playing. Yeah. Oh, a couple other things I forgot to mention uh, that makes Runeterra good. The RNG is extremely minimal. There are only a handful of cards that deal with randomness. I would say like fewer than 5% of the cards feature RNG. So there's not that random chance of things going right. And if there are cards with that, just kick them out of your deck. I, I There's a deck I like um, that featured a card with RNG, and it wasn't working for me. So I was like, I'm just not going to use it. And uh, like with Master Duel, they're very, very generous in giving you cards and currencies to buy cards after playing for a month you can basically get any card or deck you want like whenever an expansion comes out i oh, just yeah. get all the decks or all the cards from them it's it's no problem and that's great that's hell yeah that's uh do you actually like actually build a deck though or is it like hearthstone where you just add cards to a deck that don't really no, help you can... like stir a or anything like that they have like quote unquote pre-made decks they're not it doesn't show you them in the game but if you google them they're like here's the champions and here's the cards that synergize with that champion and you're like okay so i just need to get all of these and then i'll have it that's cool right on yeah i love it and uh i don't know if there will ever be a card game that <laughs> is better than legends of runeterra for me personally because it just it like takes everything i loved about magic and hearthstone and and cranks it up to 11 As as you were talking, I just <laughs> I just redownloaded that fucking Lies of Astaroth game, and I forget what the hell my <laughs> username and stuff is. Oh, oh no. man! So that's that's all the card games in existence, right? We talked about them all. That is, that's all of them. Uh, if anybody else finds more, uh, I mean, if on the off chance you do find more, because we talked about everything, uh, yeah, you can you can always email them to us or, or how, how how can they get those to us, Tommy? We have an email address, superpodsaga at gmail.com. Uh, we also like Twitter. You can follow us at superpodsaga. What's our Instagram name? Uh, I'm, it's just superpodsaga. Gosh, I love that we got that name. That makes me feel good. We're not like superpodsaga23. We're the superpodsaga. Thank God. And there's a uh, Facebook we also, page. Yep, yep. We have a Facebook page. And uh, were we going to make a, a TikTok or not? Yeah, I could probably do that today. I've got the time today. Okay. Okay, okay. So look forward to and, that. And what was what was it you said you were going to do for like the, the 100 followers thing if you had time? It was a TikTok. Or did you not get to it? Was it was a special TikTok. I can still do it. <laughs> okay, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what's, uh, what's going to be our topic for next week since you get a pick? This oh man, it, it was it was a tough choice, um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll go we'll go we might as well go puzzle games. Yay! Oh, I'm excited. Ooh, that's that's gonna be. I feel like that might be a longer discussion than this one because with card games we have the ones that we'd love and we always play, but like there's so many puzzle games out there. Yeah, and we'll, we'll jot down probably like what five of our of our seven, favorites 700. and then seven million. <laughs> 
So look forward oh, to that, people. Check in next week. Uh, any anything else you want to add, Aaron? Um, no, just keep interacting with us, and we'll interact with you. And uh, that's it. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.